0: Welcome to Confessions of a Keyboardist. I'm your host, Amy Frederick. Third big episode right here, happening right now at the Music House. And I'm here today with Brett Epstein. Hi,
1: Amy. Good morning.
0: He just moved here to Nashville. Good morning to you. Good. Thanks for having me. Uh, so glad you're able to be here. Absolutely. Um, and Brett and I have just hit it off recently. Um, we met. What did we meet?
1: We met at Loud Jams. Okay. Uh, I think it was the August one. I think it was my first one, and I was impressed with your playing and came up to you and Wanted to talk some organ stuff and Nord, and came up to you out of nowhere and probably scared you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Not at all, because um, that's a great networking event. Yeah. And I don't know if people know what Loud Jams is, but it's like a monthly, basically almost year-round monthly event for professional musicians to have a jam session. Mm-hmm. But it's organized more organized than just what like a jam session sounds like. Like we all get um, assigned tunes to play. And then we meet with our particular bands that we're assigned to play with. And sometimes we don't meet. We just get up there and just play it right. with one take yeah. and you know, see what happens. Right.
1: And our mutual friend Tom Hurst runs yeah. it and does a wonderful job at that. So he urged me to come out to meet musicians. And uh, new, be new in town is a good place to start making a network. So you and I hit it off pretty quickly as keyboard players.
0: Absolutely. And um, now you're providing me with a lot of technical support for this podcast. Yeah. So yeah. certainly do appreciate that. Anytime. Um, yeah, I guess I'll just jump in and ask you some questions. Um, you know, feel free to elaborate any way you want to. And Great. I'll just try to guide the conversation. But um, um, so you moved here in May. So where are you from originally? I'm from
1: Miami, Florida, originally. Um, I was there till I was 18. And then um, jumped around from colleges. Um, I did quick Boston University a year there and found out I didn't really love Boston. Ended up going down to Florida. Um, and prior to that, I was always kind of a multi-instrumentalist. So when I went back to Florida, I actually wasn't playing piano. I was a drummer. And I was at the University of Florida and put together an um, original band uh, that did very well. Kind of a big fish in a small pond there and wrote songs for the band and kind of was the band leader. And That's actually where I met Tom Hurst. He was my drum teacher. Uh, funny enough. What city is this? This is Gainesville, Florida. Okay. Yeah. And um, then from there, I still was kind of not making my way academically. (laughs) I was trying to avoid that. So I ended up going to a a quick year at Full Sail University in Orlando, Florida. That's um, where I got an AA degree. And that was all technical. That was recording, engineering, um, music production degree. Um, And then still, I, I was not quite sure what to do. So since my parents wanted me to have a degree, I ended up going back to Boston as a piano player at Berkeley. Whoa! Yeah, and I've kind of all over the place, and then Berkeley was 2000 to 2003, and then it was Los Angeles um, from 03 until May of 2018. So,
0: good grief! There's a lot there. That's really awesome. Okay. So, all right. I'm going to try to dissect sure. this. Um, so you start out on drums.
1: Well, I started, out as, I started out on piano as a kid. Okay. And I was excelling heavily. I was playing a lot of classical music, and I had a great teacher. Um, and I was reading well, and I had sort of kind of got my initial technique and chops down, you know, that I kind of never really lost. But right around when um, I was aware of MTV and um rock and roll and stuff like that I, I, I just started to lose well that's not I'll tell you a story in a second but that's not quite true I I, I started to drift away and found uh, playing the drums cooler easier and more fun um, I kick myself now even though I love my drum training and all the you know all the rhythmic aspects it's it's instilled in me but I kind of wish I had stuck with the piano all the way through because I did not go back heavily until college so we're talking you know nineteen eighty. Eight or something I stopped. So I think I played for like four years um, and then never touched it again. Uh, I picked up the guitar in the summer of 1998, uh, excuse me, 1995, taught myself that. (laughs) So I was was always between, you know, piano kind of sort of, uh, strumming guitar chords, um, and then uh, obviously drumming extensively and didn't really have any Mm -hmm. lessons as a drummer except in the band I was in at school right and then there were more legit lessons with Tom Hurst in about uh what was that 98 99
0: okay. before I left
1: Orlando which then led to Boston which then left it, left it, um led to LA but um wow yeah
0: so you know that does make you it's, it's, you sort of sound like a producer
1: to me well that's what i went after the, the reason i <laughs> after, when i went to full sale i realized this is great i know all this technical stuff yeah but gosh you know and at the time, I started to have my—I call it my love affair with David Foster and Walter Afanasiev. Those those great <laughs> piano, uh, big balladeer writer producers that yeah. were LA-based that were just dominating radio through the '80s and the '90s. And you know, I that stuff spoke to me, and that style of music still speaks to me, even though it kind of went by the wayside and got, I guess, dated, unfortunately. But um, what those guys were doing, you know, spoke to me. Um, And I realized that, yeah, I can play the keyboard and and the piano and I have a lot of facility, but I really don't know what I'm doing. I read music, but I always famously say that you can play the piano and still not be actively listening or know what you're doing. Um, I think that's the case a lot of times with classical players where they're reading and their fingers and their eyes are doing the you know the work but yeah um if you pull that stuff away from them do they really know how to construct theoretically and harmonically and melodically music um right. so i became uh really serious about that so that's why i went to berkeley um and i didn't i wasn't a performance major i was a contemporary in writing and production major so i knew i was bringing all the kind of technical pro tools stuff that i was working on and if i can bridge the gap and bring the harmonic and melodic side, and really have a, a sense of uh, confidence and, and and prowess with that. I think there would have been. I I, I was aspiring for those two worlds to meet. You know? Sure. Um, so yes, ultimately, when I went to LA, it was music production. Um, and any one time, I was holding a guitar, or playing drums, or programming drums, or yeah. playing the piano. Um, so that's, when you say
0: programming drums, I'm going to try to you know explain things as you go um, to somebody who might not know what that means. Are you talking about like using um, a keyboard to, yeah, so, to actually sequence in yeah, real time? Mm-hmm.
1: So or the best awesome. drum programmers, usually are people who have played the drum set yeah. and they understand and know how to think, like a drummer of how to pan things because the hi-hat should be on this side and there's a listener perspective and, you know, what a natural feel would be like. And because my fingers were dexterous and I had chops as a piano player, I was able to to mimic, feel, and um,
0: mm-hmm. and...
1: Placement like a drummer, so sure. yes, I would sit there in front of Pro Tools or Logic, and then sure. uh, fake what would a, sometimes a live drum set would be or program sounds. Sure. And, so, so when you, you say know.
0: pan, you're, what what you're describing is like where typically drums are in a drum kit.
1: Yeah, and a where they're placed in a in a mix. The, yeah, so yeah,
0: you could mimic drums on using a keyboard, Key, using
1: my fingers on a keyboard. You know, so, which in today's world. It was, I guess, easy when I was doing it because of quantizing and, and things mm-hmm. from sequencers. But now, you know, basically everybody does that. Um,
0: are there a lot of good drummers who are piano players? And well, I
1: believe player? I believe Chick Corea was a drummer at one point, oh, and okay. he certainly has. It makes sense. I don't know if you've ever seen him do his finger drums. You know, it's pretty incredible on the keys, and you realize this guy's got incredible facility with his fingers and placement and time and all that. Um,
0: right. Thanks, to uh,
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know Narada Michael Walden, who was, you know, Mahavishnu drummer and then ended up becoming producer, writer for Mariah Carey. Certainly can play keys. Great drummer. Yeah. Um, There's certainly guys who um, took that rhythmic knowledge, you know, because the, the piano is a rhythmic instrument, too. You know, yeah. it's a percussion instrument. So yes. it definitely helps for timing and placement and groove and feel to know and think like a drummer. So I don't take that experience I would never take that away. Mm -hmm. You know, do I wish I had stayed with piano from whatever I started, six on, and and by the time I got to Berkeley, I wasn't playing as much catch-up? Sure, but, you know, that was the road I took. Gotcha. So.
0: You mentioned a teacher. Like, did you have more than one piano teacher when you started out?
1: Well, I had one piano teacher in Miami. Okay. Um,
0: And describe those lessons. Well,
1: it's, the story I wanted to tell you was, is, you know, this is 19, I want to say like 85. Um, he was a University of Miami-trained classical pianist. He was great. Um,
0: Did he teach you from a beginner? Yeah,
1: taught me from day one. How old were you? Um, I must have been six.
0: Wow. Yeah, okay.
1: and I was excelling quickly. One thing I had was strong fingers as a kid. I, you know, we've taught kids, and some kids just come in with natural proclivities, you know, that mm-hmm. are, or, 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 or attributes rather that. Yes. You don't know how they have it. Some have better ears, some have better facilities, some have better attention span. Yes. I was able to play stuff and, and with good time and good rhythm. Um, I'm still kind of working on that. I mean, there's a level where you keep taking that and realize, well, you're not very good at this. <laughs> yeah. But for me as a kid, it, I wasn't clunking around. I was able to. I think the And I, I really think the hardest thing for me then was hearing what I was doing. I don't think I was very... Present and active, and I, I found some books. I don't know a couple of years ago, and he taught me chord structure and what a G chord is, and mm-hmm. I didn't retain any of that. Okay, I think I was kind of just.
0: So it's more like clinical knowledge. Yeah, until I was, it becomes experience. Yeah,
1: yeah, I wasn't, and he was great, you know. And we were getting up into the Mozart stuff, and um, um, but then I also said to him, I wanted to learn the Axel F theme <laughs> right. by Harold Faltermeyer, that huge. You know, uh, <laughs> Right, yes. and I and I was yes. playing that, and, and then I started to realize like my leanings weren't as classical. I didn't grow up with classical music. I didn't grow up with jazz music. It was my parents playing Billy Joel and mm-hmm. Elton John and this James Taylor and, and singer songwriter kind of stuff, Motown stuff. Okay, um,
0: so they're just like going, why would they enroll you with such a um, potentially? I, they didn't know what they were doing.
1: Okay, <laughs> yeah, but... they, they bought a they bought a Yamaha piano <laughs> as a piece of furniture. I think I ended up plunking out. Mary had a little lamb by ear one night, and they thought I was Mozart. I thought it was Mozart. <laughs> I was like, we got to get him lessons, right? <laughs> okay. So,
0: but still, they did. They did very well by you to get you a teacher who was going to. I'm. I'm going to assume that, that he worked really hard on technique.
1: Yes, he was. A, he was. That's what he was. He was technique which and was reading,
0: doing a student a great favor.
1: Yeah, and I and reading when I got back and had to play, I had dexterity. I had all this kind of instilled. Yeah. Uh, physicality of playing yeah. my ears were not there my harmonic understanding wasn't there and and my story from earlier was that right. all the while watching MTV and seeing like hair metal bands and, and you know I got this I had the big fetish with Tommy Lee the drummer of Mötley Crüe you know this is when the drum morph was kind of happening but yeah. prior to that you know this is crazy but <laughs> Bruce Hornsby and the Range came on in 1985, amidst all that kind of dance pop, Whitney, you know, Madonna stuff, and he did "The Way yeah. It Is." Yeah. yeah, and my jaw dropped. It was three guys. He was on a Baldwin piano, if you recall, and he was ripping that solo. And I came to my teacher and said, "Can can we get the music for that?" And he said, no, nah, "They don't have it." And he he wasn't a guy who was going to just transcribe it and write it out for me. Right. Does that make sense? It was. It was kind of like, well, the the publisher doesn't have it. That's hours and hours of work. Yeah. And I don't even know necessarily if he could do that, really. You know what I mean? Not because he couldn't. It's just not the way he thought. Yes. So I started to then just go, well, drums were cooler and more fun.
0: Yeah.
1: And better to get girls and less dorky. Uh, Whatever (laughs) I was thinking at the time, you know. Right. Right. And, and. That's what happened. So I kind of then, okay. you know, left the piano reservation for a very long time, which is crazy. Because then I got back into it,
0: but it gave you a great decoration. yeah. No,
1: absolutely. I totally. had I had chops. I had I had finger strength. I had certainly I knew how to read. Yeah, I'm still not a, a reader in the sense of put anything in front of me and I can knock it down. But I can read. I mean, I can tell you whatever note is. And, sure. Um, so I'm I'm grateful for the opportunity and, and the experience because I think it all infuses you know and comes out in different ways.
0: Absolutely. So you're mentioning... So so Tom Hurst was your drum teacher. Yeah, The so, very first one? No,
1: well, I had a... I had a uh, John Wicker was um, uh, our school's band director. And okay, he, so you were in high school band. Well, I was in middle school. Yeah, I was okay. in a middle school um, concert band and, and mm-hmm. rock band. So, again, I don't even think I was... I was just relying on kind of natural rhythm. And, and yeah. I think he taught me reading. And I don't know how I got through some of that stuff. I think I faked a lot of it. But I was playing you know this was this is I was playing in kind of the rock setting of stuff you know but then when I when I left BU where I wasn't doing music and I started to this was about I was about 18 or 19 now I went to Gainesville I was in a band I put together and playing and Tom was in a band and he's a Gainesville local Kay. and he's just a beast
0: yeah. and I said I want to learn from that guy he was
1: a monster then yeah um so he gave me a lot of lessons and um you know, we became friends and obviously lost touch for a long time when I left, when I left Gainesville and and just reacquainted again this past year. And we've become really, really close friends again. But he's, you know, I, I was bringing him a lot of, I had a major Dave Matthews band phase, so I was obsessed with Carter, Carter Beaufort on the drums. Yeah. And that kind of crazy rhythmic syncopated stuff that he does that I was chasing and kind of sort of never got. But I felt it and, and, right. and, and we, we I, I, was, I was mimicking him a lot, you know, I uh, never <laughs> looked back on some of it was bad, but um, <laughs> that was really turning me on and, and Tom, was, Tom was able to kind of help me in, in that way too, so, okay, that so was, those were kind of the real drum lessons I ever had and then those were the last.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, so what was the name of your band that was in, this was in Gainesville.
1: This was in Gainesville, we had a band called Logan Tree. My sister's name is Logan, and I wrote a song called Logan Tree for her, and for some reason we thought that was a good band name. And we, you know, Sister Hazel, remember Sister Hazel? Yeah. The All For You band, they were from Gainesville, Florida. Okay. And it was kind of a scene in the late 90s because Sister Hazel had blown up, and they had that huge song, and they were on MTV, and there were a couple local bands that almost kind of sort of, you know, broke out of the the local scene and did very well regionally, and we thought they were going to be the next one. So when I went there, I said... Let me put something together, and um, it was kind of like a Dave Matthews wannabe band. You know, I had the horn, and uh, the writing was very similar. I was doing a lot of writing on the acoustic guitar again, not knowing anything what I was doing harmonically and and no, no theory to it, just kind of
0: this is what I like and this is yeah good yeah. And... and you know what? Did <sighs> you, you know? write lyrics too? Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, I don't know. They were, I don't think they were any good. <laughs> <laughs> but we, but people loved us. We were a great, fun, local band. We really were. We had two CDs. And I'm just being hard on myself. But, you know, I I guess in a way, if you could give me the sensation of that mindset of not being overeducated. Yeah. It was kind of ignorance is bliss. And, I, mm-hmm. and in a way, I was yeah. freer than, oh, okay, well, now I know. Yeah, all this theory and harmony, what to call it, and it, you know that that can trip you up too. You know? Yes, I mean I think if you ask Paul McCartney, maybe by now, but I suspect I don't think he was too worried about what to call an A flat major seven chord. They just they just knew they just used it. You know what I mean? And, right. and, and right. So that's a separate conversation. But I was I was writing well, freely and enjoying it and yeah. not really being aware that it. How it, how good or bad it was, and people responded. Yes, so.
0: in my life, I've noticed, you know, that um, creativity feeds um, technique and and skill, and vice versa. Yeah, that they sort of play off of each yes. other. Yes, um, I, I like to write songs using acoustic guitar, and mm-hmm. I I tell my students I know just enough to be dangerous. It, well, yeah, that, you
1: know, it, you it, know. It, it,
0: I would never want to teach acoustic guitar.
1: <laughs> listen, but
0: I love to try to. just... When I write hard. an
1: acoustic or I play it, I'm more limited than I am as a pianist. So I'm. O- I can only use the color palette I have on that instrument. And I come up with stuff on the acoustic that I would never think about doing on the piano because of, well, first of all, the physicality of the instrument. But it it, it forces you to, you know, it's kind of uncomfortable and therefore you have to go a different route than relying on some of your old standby ways of thinking and and being creative. Right. So, So that was a fun time. And then the band disbanded. Um... I lost touch with Tom this was before Facebook, you know. Um I went yeah. to Orlando for that year. Okay. And got into the technical side of things. That's when Pro Tools was just kind of coming
0: Okay. You know, big on the scene. Have um you know, something before you went to did you have reason to believe that you were going to be good at that or did you just No, in?
1: I was impulsively jumping from thing to thing. Okay. Um trying to avoid the academics, I mean honestly. It just it,
0: I, Okay. And your parents really wanted you to do something like that? They that? just wanted me to, they, they knew I was right.
1: more creative, and they knew I could have been a good student, because I put my mind to things and get very...
0: That's good Yeah, parents. good parenting They're, there. Very know.
1: great parents, yeah. and very supportive, and... Um,
0: but sometimes the path is really hard to determine. It's, yeah,
1: you've seen it's, that 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 meme or whatever, where the road is, you think it's just a complete straight line, it's up and down, and oh, it's yeah. jagged, so...
0: For creatives, Yeah, yeah um,
1: you know, definitely. I didn't grow up seeing anybody be artistic at all. There was no music played in the house, there was no... Wow.
0: Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah,
1: and 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 I I was called to do something differently. Um
0: How do you um you know, I just feel like addressing that really quickly. Sure. Like um how do you, you know, um drive yourself to uh, to be different? What's that lo- I mean, how does that happen? Um for a, a lot of people really do have someone that they're I mean, you must have had mentors.
1: I, I really <laughs> haven't. I've always wanted one. I mean, certainly my piano teacher at the time when I was young, I could yeah. consider a mentor. You know, Tom, you know, was a good guide, you know, at that time and, and in a way a good mentor for me now because of we'll talk later of where some of my head's at in other, other situations. And he's so seasoned and experienced um, in so many facets of the business. But no, I never, I never, and I never really, I wanted to, but I would have loved to have, I don't know, poured coffee for David Foster in L.A. or one of those guys <laughs> and watch how... Right The magic is made. I never put myself in a situation, which I guess I regret, but you well. know this is this, these are the decisions I made. I'm very uh obsessive um about something when I want to learn it. You know, you know about my card magic. And and that and that's a whole solo Guys. endeavor skill. <laughs> that that's a crazy. That's a crazy to sit in the room for hours and practice until you're blue in the face. And you have to love it.
0: Let me just say, started <laughs>
1: <Sorry to> veer <laughs> yeah, off on that.
0: I have to just tell the story very quickly because people are going to say, "What is he talking about? Card magic?" The other day, I was you know at your studio. And uh, you asked me what my favorite card in the deck was, and I replied, Queen of Clubs. <laughs> Good memory. And you, wow, you know, yeah. uh, blew my mind and continuing to blow my mind two days later. I don't know <laughs> how you did that.
1: Hey, anyway, but, um, yeah. yeah so know, he's a magician. I'm, a, I'm a magician. Uh, I don't know what I call him. <laughs> Seriously. It. I, I, I practice very hard card tricks. Uh, I love it. So if I love something and it speaks to me, I will go above and beyond to gotcha, learn. Gotcha. And, and by the way, back to piano, when I went to Berkeley, I, I didn't come in there knowing a lot. I mean, again, I can play, and they saw that, but you know, if they said to you, if they said to me, I remember, hey, D flat 7, sharp 11, I, I really didn't know what they were saying.
0: Gotcha. And okay.
1: That bothered me, so it was on this quest ever since to not only know what that is, know it in as many positions as I can play it in, and hear it Mm -hmm. And really hear what that sound sounds like. Maybe not D-flat, but just what a dominant 7-sharp-11 chord.
0: Okay, so talk about Berkeley. Yeah,
1: well, I... What happened
0: there? You said three years?
1: Well, because I transferred some stuff in. So it was 2000-2003. I went. um, I auditioned. They put me into the preliminary basic harmony theory one, ear training one. And that's where I belonged. Um, And I was happy to get in. I was back in Boston, which I swear I never would have gone back to after BU. But... I needed to get the degree, and I wanted to fulfill the side of music of, that was empty. You know, that wasn't that I hadn't gone after, which was the theory and harmony. I I, I need to know what's going on. That's yeah. just one thing about my personality. I I wish I was someone who didn't care what things were called and how they're made, and I can just kind of strum the chord. And <laughs> but I I also love reconstructing and being able to have the control and power over what to use and when to use it. You sure. Know? Sure. I mean, so yeah. when I went there I hey,
0: in my opinion that's longevity for a I, career. I believe so. Yeah, that's development.
1: That's, and and, and, that's it and, and, it, and it and it was so torturesome, but eventually it became such pleasure. Yeah. Um because you little by little if you can stick through the pain of wow, I suck at this. Mm-hmm. And I can't hear this. And intervals, you know, minor seconds, major thirds were just weren't, weren't that you know, and I was playing piano yeah. as a kid. I was playing guitar. Right. You know, I I I always have this this theory of like this the, the playing deaf you know you're you're strumming and you're using other senses but you're not your ears aren't deep enough okay. and I wanted deep ears and I certainly wanted deep ears if I was going to be amongst a studio session where I was communicating with another piano player or yeah. guitar player or singer yeah I I just felt called to do that so when I got to Berkeley it was rough. I mean, guys who were playing at 19 or 18 or 19 years old, like world-class professionals because they never quit. And they that's all they did since they were two or three. And they were some of the best. Not everybody. Yeah. But there was an echelon there, as there always is, which is mind-blowing. Yeah. And it was a kind of a rough time to humble myself after having, I don't know what success I had, but just feeling like I had stuff together and realized I don't have it together, at least as a pianist. Um, so... It was, it was it was Boston again. It wasn't my favorite city. I wasn't a huge fan of the snow. And so I locked myself in a room and little by little, day by day, trained myself to start hearing. And that's basically what I did, other than all the, all the assignments I had to do. I was in a, a contemporary writing and production major. That's what it was called then. I'm not sure if that's what it's called now. But they basically teach you sequencing and how to also all the while teaching you... Having the experience quickly of writing, let's say, a semester for like a big band or a mini ensemble or Salsa and Latin and Jazz, just so you can be kind of this well-rounded writer, you know. It's a great major. And yeah. in that major, you're not a performance play uh major where you have to take a ton of, you know, piano lessons and, and proficiencies for the full four years. It's only like um four semesters or something. So okay. I wasn't playing, you know, I was I was kind of writing, using my pro tools, and trying to hear and learn these basic building blocks, essentially of what jazz harmony is. Gotcha. Didn't grow up with that either. Yeah. Didn't play that before Berkeley. Loved it. You know, let's put on kind of blue and drink wine. And how cool is this? But yeah, you know, you know
0: kind of blue is a great you know recording by Miles Davis yeah. for those who don't know the that
1: best-selling jazz record of and all time. But
0: hopefully, my students are listening to this. Well, right now. <laughs> that's you know everyone
1: says to go there first because that's that's Miles, and I don't know if if he would say it's at his best, but certainly
0: it's a great recording. It's
1: you know, I got Bill Evans there, and, and it's
0: Bill Evans is a great piano, piano player.
1: player. Yeah, um, just so in, just so, in case
0: people don't. Yeah, understand.
1: I mean, prior to that, it was I put on John Coltrane, because I think I like jazz. You know, <laughs> right? Um, and when I went to Berkeley, that's what they teach you. They teach you jazz harmony. You know, yeah. two five ones, and 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 okay. Do uh, you
0: and, learn that by playing piano? you have to uh, like have a facility at the keyboard sure. to get through the two five y- Yeah,
1: yeah, of course. But that's a
0: chord progression for all my students who don't know that. Yeah. That is um really will get you going pretty fast playing yeah. jazz because it's jazz is made up of so many two five. Exactly.
1: Words. You know, just generically if you're playing in you know, a rock and roll Chuck Berry Elvis kind of thing and you're playing a one four fives, you know, progression or one six four five, that's like the backbone of that kind of stuff, you know, the pop stuff. Right. Um, but in jazz, the two five one is the heart, you know, of of uh, of the of the harmony in, in these. Yeah, show okay. us. Yeah, yeah, right. D minor seven, G seven, C, C major seven.
0: Two
1: five one. Yeah, right. Yeah. So uh, this was all new, and lead sheets was new, and and extensions, and what a nine is, and again a sharp 11th. This this is overwhelming stuff.
0: <laughs> it's absolutely overwhelming. It's very it's- overwhelming.
1: And yeah, and not
0: where most people would start with harmony. Yeah. they might start with uh, yeah. piston in my day. Right, I didn't. You know,
1: I, I guess I started with that harmony. Uh, well, the piston book, right? That's that's mm-hmm. that's great. But he was a great theory yeah.
0: professor. Yeah. back in my he music days. He has one of the greatest days. books
1: on arranging and, and yeah. um, uh, classical orchestrating. I think right. right. But I, I guess I had my my one four five training when I played classically as a kid. But I wasn't for me attaching any sort of. Name to this stuff.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Totally get that.
1: So that's what I started to do. I started to say, and I got obsessive and a lot of times I didn't write. It just became like, well, I must hear everything I can hear because it's some sort of neuroses. I I don't know. Um, It bothers me still if I can't hear something. And I I don't mean perfect pitch because I don't have that but I have the relative pitch. But, you know, I, I want to know what this stuff sounds like, and I want to be able to have control over it, and I want to know what it's called yeah. and it, and how to utilize it for right. me.
0: I think you get relative pitches for people who don't know what that means uh, by just playing things over and over and over, and uh, you can remember and you have a oral memory in your yeah. head of what it sounds like, and so you can remember what that pitch is. That's so, and a lot of musicians who work all the time, I think, that's what they use, you know. end up with that. Yeah,
1: I mean. Pitch. Uh, I could say this now because I've been through so much training on this but the stuff ultimately becomes very familiar sounding because I've actively assigned my inner ear to what these things are called
0: gotcha and I've
1: and I so if we're playing you know that's just like a 9 sharp 11 13 now that means nothing to someone who but but that sound yeah is a definitive quality just like if you you know you called me in 10 years and I had not spoke to you and you said Brett I said Amy, I can hear the timbre and the tone of your voice, just like I can hear the timbre and tone of yeah. that chord. Yeah. Now the challenge is hearing that chord in every inversion <laughs> amongst a progression. Right. It's 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 a right. lot of stuff, and I don't even know right. why I was called to do that. Um, <laughs> I just find it interesting, and I find it
0: it's great that you were.
1: Yeah, I I love being able to know, yeah, um, and hear, and I think I felt so less than going into Berkeley with all these great students around me that. It, I said, look, this is not going to happen overnight, but little by little, when I'm at a restaurant and something comes on... Okay, what is that? It's one five six four five seven. Five. I mean, I just just hear. I'm now living and breathing, hearing harmony and harmony as a piano player is, is a basis of what we do. You know, it certainly um, is.
0: And folks, that's called paying your dues. Yeah. And a lot of students, you know, I will talk to you guys about just you know what does it take. to, You got to pay the price. Yeah. You have to pay the price to do these things. So so anyway, you got really immersed. In I, it. I
1: got immersed, and then I um, finished the curriculum, and some things I held on, kind of just by the skin of my teeth, some things I was really interested in, you know, counterpoint and all that was a little challenging,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: writing that way with all the rules and the classical, um, it certainly is. that's, that's not my bag. Um, that's,
0: um, Bach for yeah. all my students who don't know, counterpoint, yeah. um, 17th and 18th century yeah. counterpoint yeah. in music school. Yeah. And that's Bach and other
1: One thing people happened at people Berkeley. Who fugues. <laughs> and I had a great time there and it's a wonderful school and it's rare that ever again I'll be in a situation where there's, I don't know, three thousand kids all talking about the same thing and all jamming together, and I, and I actually Amazing. didn't play as much as I wanted to, but I certainly put in the time and effort for um, hearing and listening and and applying it to compositions and stuff. Sure. Um, but that's where I first heard the gospel choir. Okay. So they have a, a class or whatever called gospel choir, and it's and it was led by a guy who probably still there, who's just just a monster organist named Dennis Montgomery. I mean...
0: How awesome is this?
1: Just, I mean... I
0: would have wanted to be in that class. Yeah.
1: Well, I had no chance of being in it, but I I went to, I went to watch the shows, and I was like, God, this, you know, gospel music is just... And, and the way that it's just been reharmonized and the players and their ears and these, these guys who've just done this, I guess, every Sunday or multiple times a week since they were babies... Yeah, they, they and they can't tell you A flat major set. They don't care. They don't know. They can just hear it. Yeah, you know.
0: Yes, um, they
1: can't tell you what they're doing. They can't tell you, which is so cool. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I had to kind of like, like backdoor my way into it, which I'm still doing. Um, I was just admiring mm-hmm. the prowess they had and the musicality and the Me depth. Too. Um, Me too. So I only tell you that because now I'm playing at a, you know, at a gospel church here in Nashville.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: And it's. I'm doing exactly still what I was doing in my room at Berkeley. They're sending me stuff to learn and there's no chord charts and I have to figure out what these guys are doing. And a lot of the stuff, as you know, mm-hmm. is reharmed. And uh, yeah. you know, a lot of the a lot of the I guess traditional hymns that you know, real kind of basic, they have now hipped up and oh, yeah. put a huge groove to it and
0: mm-hmm.
1: tons of reharmonizations and yes. it's just awesome. It is it's just awesome. And and I'm proud of myself just in my own private moments of like, wow, I can hear this stuff. I yes. hadn't had a fighting chance at doing that, you know, 15 years ago. You know, yes. so if I can part anything to anyone who's listening is, you know, little by little, if you if you take this ear training stuff seriously, it will seep in and it will, you know, imbue in you a, an ability to, uh, I don't know, just take your musicality to a deeper level. I feel like if you can't hear it and you're not listening, then what's yeah. the point I don't know I just feel like you're just right on, on autopilot or something you yeah
0: know? it's a half experience or something it's not the full yeah
1: well and then missing the biggest immersion. point because I wanted to compose
0: it's like swimming not getting your hair wet
1: yeah I think so and, then, and because I wanted to compose I wanted to know well mm-hmm. it, again is it going to be uh, you know uh, you know I mean all those have different reasons to be in some place, and they all have different applications. And they... Right. They...
0: The deeper you get, the more subtle the color yeah, is. Yeah, exactly.
1: You know, but, you know, if I'm playing a C major chord, am I playing... Or am I playing... It's absolutely. like painting.
0: Yeah. You know, add a little
1: purple, add a little white, add a little...
0: Absolutely. That,
1: that is very cool to me.
0: Have you ever heard of is it synesthesia?
1: Yeah, seeing in colors. Yeah. I don't I don't have that. Right. Um,
0: <laughs> the way you described that made me think of Yeah, you know, I, I don't
1: know, think so. I have that. I I haven't really studied what what the, you know, attributes specifically of that are. I know it's kind of you see blue and red.
0: Right. I, Some people say, you know, C major is this color and F major is this color and you know, they see colors when they hear I don't see
1: colors, but I I I can just now hear stuff as blocks and bigger uh, chunks. When you're learning, it's very incremental. You know, what's the interval, and then what's the triad, yes. and then what's the seven chord, and then now, and then what's the progression? Two five one three six five. Now, I'm not numbering or labeling. It's just I can hear it. You know what I mean? Yes. It's it's awesome. Yes. It's awesome.
0: Uh, I know exactly what you're saying. It's hard to describe that. Yeah. But you you really, you really do start very. Um, very small, like, what's the distance between here and here? Yep. <laughs> and figuring that out first. and yep.
1: you know, now It
0: gets deeper and deeper and deeper. That's what I love about music. I always tell my students this. It's a worthwhile profession because you never, ever uh, know everything. No. You're always well, learning.
1: Full transparency, I spent so much time harmonically learning because I was comping, you know, accompanying as a piano player and, the, you know, you're playing chords. But melodically, it's a different story. For me still. Right. I'm not necessarily, I'll figure out any melody I hear, but it's not, it's almost like now I have to spend the next 10 years forgetting the harmony because that's, that's. I got that now. It's like, oh, what, what's that melody? You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm, I'm underplaying what I can do, but I'm saying yeah. it's not quite um, as confident. You know? Right. I would love for those two worlds to just meet because I know it would just further deepen my confidence and ability and hearing yes you know i mean we're we're listening i hope and we're hearing what we're doing and we're not just you know i think i may have told you this but you could be deaf and if you had a piece of sheet music in front of you you can press middle c and it's gonna sound yeah on like a horn player or a violin player who has to kind of create pitch with their ears and their bite and their bowing right so they're not sharp or flat we well, can't do that as piano players
0: that's right if
1: it's out of tune oh well that's right that's the piano right. You know, so you kind of yes. don't have to necessarily listen and hear deeply, so that's right uh,
0: that's a good point, yeah, yeah, that's a very good point um I t- I went to um Atlanta many years ago now, I don't know how long it's been, maybe fifteen, and took a series of um aptitude tests, music aptitudes, and the three that they measured were rhythm um, melody, so pitch, you know, and that um that really surprised me and then memory um, melody recall like could you remember a melody after it's been after it's been in your head for a minute will and play it, it back yeah will it come back to you and uh, or they would like play two different examples and you pick the one that's right oh got
1: gotcha, you got gotcha.
0: you but um, pitch is one of those aptitudes that is measured yeah sure and for piano players we're not that yeah, sensitive right. to it i don't think
1: exactly and i'm not a singer so right. i'm I'm, right. I'm i can i can improve there because we can so many things you can improve on but um, it, it's just now coming believe it or not where all that hard work and all that laying the foundation and laying the brick of the harmonic hearing sense where it's no longer a, a, an uncomfortable feeling to not know where I'm at or, or right. it, 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 at least I have that going you know what I mean
0: right. everything
1: right. else and that's the foundation so everything else sprinkles on top and, and works um, but there's so many areas I want to develop in you know right. um, but but I'm I'm so used to listening to harmony first when I hear a song. Yeah. Just like a bass player who's listening to the bass line. Yeah. Or the drummer's listening to the kick pattern. It's what we attach to when we're hearing something back.
0: Absolutely. That
1: we're going, Oh, what are they doing there? Oh, that's a cool groove. Or, Oh, check out the way he's reharm you know. Right. So and harmony- I guess if I was a singer, I would be focused more on, you know, right. Her pitch and tone and all that, which is important. Of course I do focus on it, but yeah. Left to my own, just kind of just dazed, you know, staring into space and just listening. It would be, it would be, wow, check out that major nine chord, you know, or whatever, you know? So.
0: Right. So.
1: So that was Berkeley. Okay. I'm sorry. And mm-hmm. and, and then I went to LA. Okay.
0: Yeah. And just on a whim or did you have somebody like that? On ch- a whim.
1: I had some f- few friends that were out there um, not doing what I was doing. I, I specifically went out there to write songs. Um I had the f- so
0: kind of returning back to the Gainesville days. Yeah,
1: except now I wasn't strumming chords, not really knowing what I was doing. I felt like okay, uh, it's hard to explain. I, I guess I would just be writing more sophisticated stuff or something. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. Uh, what I just felt more confident in in being around people who were professionals, and I just didn't want to say I don't know what is that. Yeah. I don't know why. It's part of my personality. It bothers me. Well, sure. Yeah. But
0: some people don't care.
1: I mean, the greatest <laughs> songwriters in the world don't care. They don't they don't that's not where their thing is, you know?
0: Right. Um They're being more um creative. Yeah. And...
1: Yeah. So I, I I always tell people I'm I'm half I don't know if it's 50-50, but pretty split down the middle, practical guy, like, you know, technical practical guy and then leave me alone, I'm artistic, and I'm, I'm in the zone, and I don't care what anything is, you know. But it, it's not all of either one, which I think is a good mix, because yeah, I was able to deliver things fast and on time and efficiently because of that practical side of me. So I went to L.A. I went on my own. Um, I think that was a mistake looking back on it now, because I wish I would have been under, you know, the tutelage or apprentice for someone, and, and it would have built my network, and it, I would have seen... Stuff. Um, I started making demos of songs I wrote, and a buddy of mine in LA, who's one of my best friends out there, said, "You know, you're you're producing these, right?" And I said, "Well, because this is Pro Tools now, right? It, we we grew up thinking as a songwriter, hey, we're, I have songs, let's go book um, a day rate, get some musicians together, and." bring this song to life. Or I'm just a songwriter. I'm going to have a producer do it for me. So I came out to LA not really thinking the demos I was making. Mm -hmm. Full productions. So I have something saleable. I wasn't just singing or whoever I hired into a microphone and a handheld saying, this could be a good song, right? They were were full
0: songs. Yeah.
1: And my buddy said, you know, you're producing these. I said, what? I'm just producing them just to get the idea out. So people someone else can take it over <laughs> right, and that was the beginning of this business where a turnbull. DAWs and, and Logic and, and Pro Tools became where, yeah, I mean, look what's going on now. People are making huge hit songs on laptops in their bedroom. Okay. There is no...
0: Tell me, tell everybody what a DAW is. A DAW is. is a
1: digital audio workstation, and right. it's a sequencer, it's it's Pro Tools, it's, Logic, it's Cubase. It's keyboard-based, right? Uh, well, it's computer-based. Oh, computer-based. Computer-based. Based.
0: But, you, so you, but you would have a keyboard mm. to program these things in. Yeah,
1: or, or if, if you're not... A, no, I mean, if it Pro Tools, you can just record a band in, okay. you know. Okay. It's, it's basically your new tape machine.
0: It's oh, okay. essentially
1: how you're the medium to which we're recording the song or the the, the piece onto something in so a digital format which is
0: a recording studio that is costing what 25 times less than a typical recording studio Yeah well I mean
1: yeah most of them in LA for sure have gone by the wayside because people like me started to not need them I'll put stuff in their garage or their second bedroom and dig- and computers got faster and better quality and I'm telling you, I mean, huge stuff has been made on really kind of laptops because they're so strong. And that's all, you know, at least in the pop market. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So we're not here with a tape machine and we're not, you know, we don't need to hire somebody else to... So that whole business kind of imploded okay? because people who became like writer-producers were able to produce a product wherever that was going to be on a DAW, probably Pro Tools or Logic. And... Send an email to someone and say, "Hey, what do you think about the song?" And sure, we'll take it. And then that's the word how the business, the current business, kind of started that way. Even though it's this, it's it's an old model, the way that music was made. So when my buddy said you're producing, I said, "Cause I was playing drums on stuff and I was playing guitar and I was producing a song that wasn't just la di da da yeah lyrics, the whole thing." Um, and that was a shock. So. I think because I came into into town where I had one foot in the past and one foot in the future but not knowing it, I didn't really realize what was transitioning in the business. Today, if you wake up and you're 13 and you want to make music, you don't think you have to hire someone else to do anything for you. Right. You open up your laptop and you open up GarageBand or Logic and you start making a song and you post it on the SoundCloud. You see, that? Yeah. it's old now, but when I got aware of how music was made and, and when I got to LA, it was like... You mean I can't get the song of David Foster to produce? He's the one who's going to do it. My buddy's like, no. I mean, maybe, but you have the thing here. And that's what happened. The demos I made ended up going on film and TV and underscores and stuff like that. And then I finally got hip to the idea that, yeah, I'm the guy doing this. And like everyone else out there, I started to just create and create and co-write and pitch. And, you know, a lot of misses. Some hits. uh, Not hit songs, but just getting on records Uh, Documentaries, underscores. Um, So when I was doing that, that was the worlds of piano technique, ears, harmony theory, technology into one. Because you can put me in front of Pro Tools and I can deliver you something, whether it's a fake orchestral piece or a fake jazz piece, meaning I can fake the drums and the bass and... uh, Maybe hire a singer and record vocals, and it's all gotcha. encompassing into one thing. So everything I did, though I kick myself for not staying with the piano from you know six on. Well, I can still I can play a lot of acoustic guitar. I don't have to hire someone to do that when I need that. I yeah. can play electric guitar pretty well. I can play bass. You know, so all that is Man. is yeah, all that is, is in house. But it was
0: meaning you do it yourself. Yeah,
1: I just but I just wasn't ready for I didn't understand what was coming. Yeah. Even though I got a Tools system, I still thought, oh, I'm just going to hand this off so someone can have the idea. And he's like, this is not the idea. Right. So I started using that stuff. Um, and then I did 15 years out there with, you know, gosh. Whew. I don't even know where to start. I mean, that, I was teaching.
0: Teaching what? I was
1: teaching piano. I had a piano practice oh, okay. for about.
0: How many students?
1: Um, whew, at one time. It wasn't that big because I was never. It I was part time to everything else I was doing. I probably had about twelve.
0: Okay. Um, Beginners, all ages.
1: Uh, a lot of adults. A lot of adults who came back and uh, said pop or classical. Oh, Very little classical. I think I know
0: what you're going to say.
1: Well, a lot of adult, the kids were out of the books, like we you know we talked about this the starter yeah. stuff. Um, yeah. You know, good boys do fine, and all you know, and basic you're stuff.
0: Talking about using method books, and yeah, traditional books. classical yeah, approach. Exactly. to Teaching
1: piano. Um, my best success and the ones that I think loved me as a teacher were the ones that came back and God, who had quit thirty years ago.
0: Gotcha. Or
1: more, 40, 50 years ago. And they said, I want to just be able to look at a lead sheet.
0: So they were like you. Yeah, exactly. They had quit a little bit early before they mm. put together exactly. um, Ear and. Right and um, black dots on a page. Exactly.
1: So they say, "No, I'm, I'm, I want to play for a Christmas party. I want to play for my wife when I get home from work." So they needed to know right. what a G major chord was. Okay. And how? To, what's one four five? And 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 okay. So you see on on a piece of paper G C D. What do we? What does that mean? What right. can that can be a million things? You know. So and they you love probably,
0: that. I, I'm going to guess that you found teaching to show you what you already knew. Yeah. And you knew really well.
1: Yes, I, I'm. I'm very confident at teaching that um, because I, I was, I needed, I, I put myself through that particular
0: Absolutely. process. Yeah. So. So now I, I know even, which kind of students to send to you. Yeah.
1: Well, that's for sure. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I think there's just so many better classical players and teachers that just live and die for that stuff. Um, but from my songwriting background and arranging and then harmonic, for somebody who wants to just learn the piano as a sense of something, as, as, as an ability where they can create and not necessarily have to feel like they got to be Vladimir Horowitz or something, you know, and not have that pressure. It scares yeah. people. Yeah. Not everyone's going to take a lesson and want to become this classical guru. It's just because the music doesn't speak to them. They don't care enough. They may not have the facility. Yeah. They want to play jingle bells yeah. for their family. Yeah, What's wrong with that? Right. Right? I'm totally so, with you. Yeah. So that's kind of how that happened in L.A. But, you know, because I wanted bigger things for myself, I was not fully in because I was still writing and, and, and right right and I worked at a, actually I worked at a, <coughs> a sheet music store this sold pianos and sheet music I worked it's a crazy story this morning in Nashville in Starbucks before I came here I saw my old boss from LA What? Yep who moved here 3 years ago I kind of heard about um, heard about that and he hired me in '08 8 or 9 to be a music coordinator for a reality TV show that was called Secret Talent of the Stars I'm <laughs> really bad well,
0: this is awesome. we,
1: we, we, we worked, <laughs> I was his assistant and we were, you know, just kind of getting everything together, you know, licenses and syncs and rights and all that, uh, for about a month. The show aired and it was canceled that night. What? And I went the job.
0: Oh so, my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Hollywood sounds like music business.
1: It's yeah. TV's rough.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so, and then fast forward, I mean, I'm probably jumping over some years in 2011, I, I joined the Coral princess, which was a cruise ship. And I put a. Okay. Someone found me, um, a guy named John Williams, not the composer, but John Williams, a singer. Exceptional singer. The guy has done cruise ships for years. I think he's now stopped. Knows every song in the book, every jazz song, um, you know, waltzes and tangos and, and uh, uh, ballads. And the guy is just like a phenom, you know, musically. And he hired me. And he said, Look, um, just so you know, there's no um, budget for a bass player. So bad news, you have to play left-hand bass.
0: Oh, my goodness. So for
1: four and a half months, I played a right-hand piano yeah. and then left-hand keyboard bass. And yeah. he, when he first met me, I had about a month to prepare. It was a binder of lead sheets and stuff, of yeah. everything, like Runaround Sue to My <laughs> Romance to, uh, like I said, a Tango that I can't remember right now. And it yeah. was it was...
0: Just so you know, Brett just held his hands at a distance of about—I'm going to say a two to three. Well, probably about a four-inch binder. Yeah, I mean it was a very large book of charts that he's talking about that he had to be ready to play. How long did you have to prepare? A month and a half?
1: No, less than a month and a half. Probably about a month. And I never—we had one practice as the band in L.A. and then flew to Fort Lauderdale. Joined the cruise and it was there was no nights off.
0: Okay, and also, (laughs) folks, (laughs) no nights off. Crazy. Yeah, I get that. It's a crazy gig. I I did a gig like that. Yeah. Um, too in Japan. Anyway, um, left hand bass is extremely challenging on some songs. Not on every song, but still, you're having to think. You're splitting your brain into two parts. You know, having to think of of yourself as a bass player. And also as a piano mm-hmm. player, and you don't you only have you know ten fingers. I
1: found some video of it actually like six really months ago, and I was I was like
0: you know what it wasn't too bad.
1: I think at the time I was going ugh, but everyone there thought that was great, and the show went on, and people were dancing. It was more of like a um, it wasn't the the their show things. It was more of their lounges. Yeah. So. Th- clientele were like older people who were okay. like dancers they like did a lot ballroom. of ballroom yeah ballroom exactly yeah um
0: cha-cha ringue, cha- all of that salsa, yes you know
1: right 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 right, um, right, right. yeah you got it. all of that and he and he wanted that stuff to be legitimate and i guess i did it legitimately but then he that's started awesome. calling me back three or four times and I, I didn't really want to go back out on ships because just quickly that's that's a commitment you make and it there's a great side to that because the money's good and you're traveling. I mean, who else is paying you to go to Fiji and you know? Yeah. You, all you do is work from seven to midnight, and the rest of the day you have off. It's great, but a lot of those guys who keep saying yes to contracts out there,
0: yeah,
1: don't say no because they need the income. But then I don't know, three four years go by, and they have no they have no way of getting off the ship because nobody in town where they're from, yeah, knows they exists or thinks about them. Yeah. So it gets a little bit... Um, and again, it wasn't my life's work and it wasn't um, my goal particularly. But I was kind of in a lull and I wasn't placing any songs and stuff. And, you know, I, I, I guess I forgot about this. I mean, a lot of my L.A. time as a writer was challenging for me specifically, like emotionally, because I also wanted to play more. Yeah. But... Um, and you may be thinking, well... What's the difference? But for me, playing the piano and thinking like that is just antithetical to composing or writing. You know, they're just different skill sets for me. Um, And I'm always craving to get better and and get more chops and, you know, build my repertoire, you know. But I I always kind of was at odds like, well, that's not the career for me. I want to write and be at home. And I still fight that. Yeah. We talked about that, you know. Absolutely. Um You know, I sometimes wish I was like the songwriter who doesn't care that they don't know CG and F and that's all they know. And then Bob Dylan wrote 500,000 songs. Right? I don't know how many songs he wrote. Thousands of songs with one, six, four, five. And yeah. And it worked. And yeah. You know what I mean? It was about the melody and about the story. So yeah. I'm this interesting kind of... Um, enigma sometimes with this stuff. But that was an amazing experience. I loved the band. The ship life has its ups and downs. Um, There are no nights off. John was kind of rough on me. I think he was a little bit tired of trying to find people. And
0: (laughs) I don't think he allowed
1: himself to get too close. And then when I started to excel, I think he was like, all right, this this dude's holding it down. But, you know, it would have been nice to have two hands on the piano, but they didn't have... Money for the bass player, and they actually had the the space was small enough where they didn't have a room for a fifth a, f- uh, a fifth guy. Right. So, I guess that plays that that leads to some sort of skill set for me down the line somewhere. Absolutely. You I know? you
0: know you know I, I don't I don't want to call it a gig a nightmare gig right after you talk about that, and I know that it helped you a lot. But you know, all it wasn't a most- nightmare in
1: the beginning. It, it was because <laughs> I I'm so hard on myself and want to be good, and I don't want to let yeah. anyone hire me down. And I was like you know, I was kind of stumbling on some stuff just in the first like week, you know, and then boom. It
0: right. makes made sense. I guess maybe a better term would be a very uh, demanding and challenging yeah. job. And, you know, you're covering part for two people, one person covering part for two people. That's not relaxing, folks. That can be really stressful. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but also you get the most out of those situations a lot of times, you know, you really get some new skills. And the I mean, best
1: thing I got from that, I mean, since it was such a vast repertoire and like, I would have never dove into that at least right now in LA trying to write pop music and right. you know, it opens you. Right. You know, it's, 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 it just... Yes. Expands your, your outlook and your horizon. You realize, wow, yes. this is really
0: yes. great stuff. Yeah, that's... that I love music for a career because... It is like that. It's um, it's world culture. Yeah, all sorts of uh, unexpected benefits that yeah. you learn and things that you experience. That, you know.
1: And then when you go back to the composing, you know, somebody wanted something like that. Well, hey,
0: you've got something. Yeah, it's
1: in my it's in my soul somewhere.
0: You stocked your it, trout. Pond. Yeah,
1: exactly. I mean, it's it's there. It's not ready for prime time, but it's not like, well, what is this? You know, so that type of um, you know exposure to stuff that I never would have had. It's great.
0: Yes, you know? absolutely. So
1: that was a good gig. Um, but again, it wasn't going to be, I got off and never went back. And John's a friend of mine. I haven't spoken to him in a long time. I think he's in Dallas, Texas or something. But And finally got off ships. But he was a pro. And yeah. it was. A, and there's no shame in that gig at all. And yeah. you know what? In L.A., you can't play five to seven nights a week or right. five nights or whatever. You can't even play two nights a week consistently and eke out an income. You know? Right. So you want to play every night? Young people who may be listening to this? You know, I probably should have done that when I was right out of Berkeley before I moved to LA and then stockpiled some money and and got that out of my system. But I was 33 or something at the time, and 34, I don't know, just didn't want to white flag the writing and composing part of what I was doing, you know. Absolutely.
0: That's good that they all kind of. uh... It's like you have a big tapestry going. Yeah. Uh, several different colors, like weaving in together, the, mm-hmm. the recording, the drumming, the yeah. piano playing, the composing, you know. Um, you know, I... I <laughs> Versatility is good. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I You know, sometimes master, you know, jack of all trades, master of none, I think about, you know, the guys who can just focus. i just so interested in so many things.
0: Yeah. And me, I me love too. challenges,
1: like, me and too. I love, like, different, you know, I mean... Actually, uh, in LA, I think it was twenty ish uh, twenty nine to ten. I um, I did it. A, a, I played for free at a church. Um, um, I played second keyboard, uh, which was like the auxiliary parts, like synth horn, synth string. I wanted to play keys, but I wasn't. I didn't have my stuff together. And they were nice enough to let me just do a couple months with them. Some really great players in LA played at that church. I think it's it's obviously disbanded by now. But that was my first kind of like being like wow this is this is great stuff so even now playing at this this church in North Nashville I mean it's small um, you know they had just moved from I've forgotten the name of where they moved from but I'm playing and getting exposure to all this stuff and mm-hmm. it's just it's just fun and yes. interesting you know yes um, so and then LA was just a lot of swinging and trying to hit on things.
0: Meaning you sort of had to pitch a lot of stuff. You have to pitch
1: a lot of stuff and a lot of stuff, you know, look, I guess I never wrote a hit song. I'm fine with that. You know, it's a hard thing to do. Um, Maybe I did and it didn't, at the time, get to the right people where it could have had a life.
0: You have a catalog of all your songs? Sure, oh my God. How many? Oh,
1: God. (laughs) I probably have, you know, other than, I mean, I'm not going to count snippets and starter ideas. I probably have... At least over a hundred tracks that are that, you know, have vocals on them and full produced and sound like records with just a no name person singing on it that could I easily know. have been pitched to You know, so, I, I didn't play the business right, I don't think. So um, you never know, really. Yeah, that's sitting I, there.
0: I've heard people say that, you know, things uh come out at the time you yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I I don't know. This,
1: there's so much of because um I know where I messed up, you know, in the sense that I was just so busy writing and composing and trying to get better and that I didn't really do the whole business networking side, mm-hmm. uh, which became really, really important when the business really started to implode and then there were no record sales. Yeah. It was all streaming, and then everybody was kind of hooking up with each other to just get rights together because you know, they're all trying to share on that same small piece of pie that's left.
0: Right, right. You know,
1: the record business... And it's been a while now. It's just, just obliterated. And right. whatever I got on record-wise, because it wasn't a hit song um, and it wasn't on rotation, there's just no money to be made. Yeah. It's not about how good or bad you are. It's just the finances and the business it just isn't there. You know, um, We grew up at a time, sorry, where you could write, we talked about this, songs for albums, never have a hit song, and have a very comfortable to good living because the physical album or CD was selling millions of records. Yeah. You know, so you were eking out. Yeah. Um, a middle class living or more. Right. So those days are over. So I ended up doing better in underscoring and, and documentary stuff and um, stuff that's instrumental, um, you know, the commercials, TVQs, movies. And, and a lot of stuff I did was like in um, underscore for TBS and, um, you know. Uh, wow. TNT. um Yeah. Background cue kind of stuff.
0: I'm intimidated by all of that. Yeah. Um, uh, Technical side of the business, I think. Um, The recording and stuff. Yeah. Um, You know, I just would rather someone else push that button and just sit down and play. Well, there's people out there, (laughs) of
1: course. You know, I... I, Sometimes when that happens and I'm not running the gear, I'm more creative. Because I'm sitting in the back and I'm not thinking about, okay, well, what's... Does this need to be compressed and reverbed and all that you know
0: yeah um, yeah it's highly so, technical yeah you know to my thinking it is
1: i'm just a chameleon that way you know i'm actually not one of these guys who's driving down the 405 in LA or anywhere going i got to pull over i have this great melodic idea you know uh, singing to a voice memo oh i'm going to be late
0: i not, you know i have to sit i
1: have to sit in the room right and just play nonsense and maybe get a starter idea going and then have it through the swinging of that and the the repetition mine for whatever I'm going for. You know what I mean?
0: So all of these things that you did are your original compositions. Yeah, sure. So you've composed tons of stuff. I have.
1: I have, yeah. Um, I'm just hard on myself.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) you know, Probably so. Yeah, Um, hard on myself. And then you move here. Okay,
1: so yeah, so then I get married and um, I certainly give up trying to write songs for pop artists because it got real dance pop you know heavy and yeah, and, yeah. and I, I just not the guy you know I am yeah. I guess I can admit it to myself now or admit it to myself then I just it's just not I can do it I'm musical enough and I'm technical enough but there's guys who
0: well that's rhythm based music yeah one thing and you keep mentioning harmony and how much you know you dig it and
1: yeah you know it just started to just get less about that and some of the production stuff is amazing I mean yeah. I'm not hating on it you know those dj guys i mean they do stuff i never would think about doing and they have less musicality than i do by a long shot so yeah. they're using the gear they're using the equipment they're you know they're sound designers they're it's awesome you know right. um i didn't know if that was me so i started to kind of lose interest on that um, when i got off the cruise i started playing actually with a few bands around town like corporate kind of um Bands Like when we were in Palm Springs and Vegas and weddings and... uh, So like
0: society gigs. Society gigs, gigs.
1: yeah. A lot of kind of jazz standard stuff. We weren't jazz players, but good enough to fake it. Okay. Um, Because as I say, I mean, in Berkeley, I learned jazz, but I I didn't devote my life to it. The harmony and the theory and all that is in me, and I hear all that stuff. But, you know, it's hard enough for me to pick a lane with what I've done so far. That was was just not going to be a remunerative career, yeah. Even for the best people, it's t- it's a tough life, you know? Yeah. Um, so I played, and then uh, this all happened. Then I got married, and we had a child. And then, um, I don't know, we just, we just, my wife's from East Peoria, Illinois, Central Illinois, and it's hard for her to get back from L.A. all the time, and. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Nashville came up as like, hey, you know, this is still a music town in a, in a great way. It's a music town. We can get into that, How, it, in my opinion, how it compares to L.A. And we'd have driving ability to get to her. I'd have, I'd be closer to South Florida for my father, my mother, yeah. now that we have a baby. And we can cut costs yeah. and um, just live out of the rat race type of stuff of that, you know, just the traffic yeah. and the, the taxes and the, the just the crazy... Uh, Amount of energy that LA LA has. Uh, yeah. It's a gr- listen. I don't leave LA. I didn't leave it hating it or. Mi- I, mean, I love it. I miss it. It's a wonderful place. Um, and I met great people. And everyone says LA is this and. That. There's fake phony people everywhere, and there's great amazing people.
0: Yeah,
1: you know, yeah. everywhere too. I met you here. and You know, and Nashville. Funny enough, thus far has just been some of the greatest nicest people I ever met. Um, and the music community here. The live scene, which there is one, a strong one, Uh, there's just not in L.A. And I don't care what anyone says. There's not an epicenter of live music like with, you know, even the jam sessions that people put on, you know, or downtown Broadway, lower Broadway. I mean, you know, there's just smaller and people are welcoming. And um, so, yeah, we came here and I was leading with, okay, well, I'm going to go play live because I always wanted to. So really... Minus the, you know, the couple society gig things were here and there and then the cruise. Getting here in May and then doing Loud Jams with you was like my first foray into, hey, I'm a live player. Right. It's crazy. It's kind of new. You know? <laughs> right. Now, I've always studied and knew what I was doing, but I, I hadn't gigged with you know, thousands of hours of people and all that. just wasn't what I was focusing on. Right. So Tom said, hey, you know, come out to one Loud Jams and play. So I did that. Um and did a couple all the successive months, and then.
0: What uh, was the first tune you played? Can you remember? Yeah,
1: um, Steve Winwood's. Um, <laughs> I want to say "Freedom Over Spill," and it's not. It's. Um, oh my god.
0: I'm trying to think what that would have been. It's higher love. No, or, it's um, it's
1: right. There. It's one of the hits. Um, um, oh god.
0: I know which one I played on. Was it? I think I might have played.
1: You wrote that, oh yeah, he wrote that, that one. Let me, let in, me. I
0: mean, well, I played the Winwood Tune on, on a loud jam recently and can't remember what it was.
1: One and Only Man?
0: No.
1: No, that's the one I played. Oh, One yeah. and Only Man, yeah. Okay. Is that right? Is it One and Only Man?
0: Okay. I think that's
1: what it's called. Um, okay. Which is great yeah. and, and that was fun. Um, yeah. And then a couple months later after just kind of bumming around as a player, trying to, you know, getting on lower Broadway, getting a couple gigs there, um, Tom threw my name in the hat for a country pop duo who went out for a three-week tour.
0: Right.
1: And I've always wanted to tour. Um, So we left right around Halloween and then got back before Thanksgiving. And we were in... um,
0: Care to name the duo?
1: Yeah, they're called Presley and Taylor. Okay. Two sisters that are 18, 19, 20. Um, Been at it for a few years and um, have a lot of interest in labels and... and, um, William Morris Management and kind of have a new sound. Uh, they, they popified some of their stuff um, versus the kind of traditional country okay. route they were initially going.
0: Okay.
1: And um, a guy named Keith Burns from Trick Pony, a 90s country band, manages them and kind of manages the band. So he met me and hired me. We went to SIR for, I don't know, three or four to four days, run the whole set, SIR. Uh, SIR is, S-I-R is,
0: is the, something the, um, instrument rentals. Or something?
1: Yeah, I don't. know. Studio? Studio. Yeah, rentals. it's good. Well, it's, it's, uh, it's in L.A. It's in New York. It's it's you know the premier one of the premier. It's rehearsals, a rehearsal. But, yeah.
0: Warehouse yeah. basically, it got really flooded, messed up in the 2010 flood. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know. Is it still um, down by the river? I'm
1: Maybe not they're back sure. there. Yeah, it's in. You know, it's by off Wedgewood, and you kind of go back down by.
0: Uh, oh, oh, I may be thinking of the wrong place yeah no, there's I a think, couple of them okay I think there is one
1: um, down
0: there but yeah it's just for people that don't know that's a great place to rent a space to rehearse a band
1: yeah that so the, and then they have a stage with lights and then you can kind of run your whole set so we did that and that was awesome I haven't had that experience before yeah and the band was great and um, the girls were great and their parents were great and we went out and um, Keith Keith was uh, overseeing us on the road and overseeing them and He's an awesome guy. His wife, Bonnie. And we all went to, uh, let's see, we went to South Carolina first, Columbia and Charleston, then Atlanta, then Houston, Tampa, Orlando. Uh, actually drove from Tampa to, uh, what's the place called? Um, in the Panhandle. I'm blanking now. Um, you know, not Destin, uh, Pensacola. Okay. Then to New Orleans, and then Dallas and Houston. And then back to Nashville. Okay. And that was... That was a great experience, you know. I would, did a good job. Band got along great. Um,
0: yeah, people doing your sound everywhere you went. Yeah, basically. Uh-huh, yeah. Anybody hauling your equipment in for you, or did you have to take it in and set it up?
1: We set it up. Well, I was lucky. The the the, the it was a high school musical. I'm um, not a high school um, nation. Excuse me. Tour. Okay. They act, Their keyboard. They bring along for people who need keyboards, like other other keyboards, other artists who play before you and after you. Yep. Was my Roland. Okay. So I never had to take mine out. It was, it was, it all had was a little USB jump drive and had all my sound saved and yeah. But otherwise I would have had to set myself up. But the hotels were great and, and the combinations were great and everyone got along and the vibe was awesome. And I, you know, people who were on, on tour with me said, this is a good, you know, this is, this is a good one because they've all been on bad ones. And, um, yeah. All right. That was fun.
0: Um, any like gear malfunctions? Happened to you that you had to like reboot or um, any funny stories? No. Your own? Do you have a, do you have a, like, was it hard to find good food? What's, what's no. your.
1: I, I no, have not no one horror, horror story. I, isn't that amazing? <laughs> that is it's probably amazing. the first one. It's, that is amazing. Uh, yeah. I, I'm this, well, I'm pretty easy going. I'm trying to think, and I'm also not a diva about the gear stuff. If it did go down, it, it wouldn't even register. I would just kind of, yeah. well, I have a Loud Jams. You know, that one.
0: Go for that. Yeah.
1: That's, that's embarrassing. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I remember that. That
1: was, I guess, the second one I went to when I had brought my Nord. And um, it was on my stand. And then a fellow keyboard player in town named John Ross brought his duel. And he said, oh, why don't we just put your Nord on top and mine on the bottom? And that way people can, you know, we all share gear for the the jam. So, you, you know, you'll be on the top and on the bottom. And everything was great. Put the stand up. And then on the first note of... A level forty-two song called. Why am I blanking on the songs I've played? (laughs) Such a great song. Well,
0: they they go by really quickly.
1: No, um, I I know, and I love it, and Um, I'm 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 slow today, but whatever it was, literally one, two, three, boom, hit my piano, both keyboards collapse, on stage, (laughs) kaput, just 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 like, and I'm standing there like embarrassed and like i don't think the band's even noticing really it's kind of because i'm kind of off to the side there yeah and tom comes over and he i think vet comes over and trying to and i'm still trying to keep the roads part going and yeah that was that was that was actually the, the horror story of the fall you know <laughs> it wasn't on tour thankfully
0: i actually yeah. heard through the grapevine that you kept playing even when the i mean it went down to the floor yeah and you just kept running hey you playing. gotta go
1: down with the ship you know <laughs> you can't you gotta go you know keep punching on your way down so yeah and then they then i was playing as enough pretty much didn't miss a beat I don't think and then they they got me back together and it was just it's on video somewhere I think it's embarrassing like, oh, I mean, that that's is... actually like it was a fear of mine that came true I was like what
0: if that stands fall <laughs>
1: in the middle and boom literally downbeat and it was gone
0: wow so, oh, Wow! you must have yeah. been like sensing something wasn't
1: there. I know it was crazy so no the tour overall was really really wonderful um, good and that's friends good. with everybody and, and the girls will do great no matter who they use and they have a lot of support behind them yeah and um Never know where it's gonna go, you know. Right. So, but that was organ, which okay. I don't have a okay. huge amount of live experience with. I did it, you know, in the studio on tracks. But yeah, you helped me with some stuff. Yeah, came to you with a little, gave me a little Nord organ drawbar. Um, well, I met you in Bowling Green. Yeah, came up to your gig and on the real Hammond and right. showed me how that works, and then how to do it on the on the Nord keyboard that we both have, which yeah. was very helpful. And then doing it live every day. I started to build my own chops with it, you know. Exactly. And, and sensitivity.
0: That's what it takes. Yeah. It's just going forward. But
1: that, I mean, I'm not Joe's synthesizer organ. I'm a piano guy. You know, that's where I spent most of my time. Um, I like to be those guys, but it's only so many hours in the day. And it, I yeah. don't know. I just, I wasn't like sleeping with my synthesizer or like, oh my God, I must get that new. You know, <laughs> even as a producer, maybe to my, right. you know to my detriment I don't know but um, so yeah so that was that was the tour and that's what I was using I had the Nord on top and the Roland piano and we played the tracks and people loved us
0: so you kind of strike me as um, like I'm going to do the next right thing and with your your mindset toward the music business like you know I, I've done this and I've learned this I'm going to do the next thing that makes sense and that you know gives me some joy and yeah, and that I can get immersed in and be excited about. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool, really. Yeah,
1: I, I'm I'm sampling I, and I, I'm I'm taste testing a lot of things. I mean, there were some things about the road that being away from the family is hard. You know, yeah. Um, now that I have no a daughter, doubt. that's I guess if I ten years ago or something when I was single it would have been a different experience. Um, yeah. Um, I love to write and produce. There's a couple options I have in town with. Um, a publisher or two who could utilize me to produce some of their writer stuff just to get their demos up and running. So songwriters who don't have any technical expertise would have me in the room with them, either co-writing or not, and just getting a quick playable demo so they can, again, hear what the song sounds like in kind of a full format. You know, there's just very rare now that anyone, unless you're so in and people... You know you're so vetted that hey here's amy here's a piano vocal demo or a guitar demo oh we know we know what's going to be produced well if you're kind of still unknown you have to compete with everyone else who's using their pro tools and their daw's yeah to bring some really high quality productions because yes. the production's so important today you know right. so that's that's a, a some things i'm discussing as well um you know among playing in town and the church gig is great Tom and I put together, like, a Latin jazz Afrofusion kind of thing. that We only did one gig, but that was a blast. So on any one night or any one day, I'm doing something different, it seems like, you know. Wow. Uh, yeah. And,
0: Got a lot going on. Yeah, here.
1: and I just pick up as much as I can in all these areas and just try to be good, you know, for the gig and, and do a good job.
0: Yeah, I was just going to ask you, like, if you're preparing something new, how do you know that you're ready? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think so many of us just jump right in. Yeah. we just jump in like you did with the cruise ship gig. Yeah, and, you know. I, I,
1: I'm, I'm, I'm not able to yet for some reason. Maybe because I'm not focusing on one thing and one thing every day for the year. Because I haven't been able to. But I, I don't get good at something until I don't get to the standard I want to get at until I swing the bat on that thing a couple times. Mm-hmm. Like I can get really good when I'm practicing to a track at home in a controlled environment. And then you get out there and you realize it's just not, you have to you have to take the dance with the person or the thing. And I actually have to try to be more um, gentle with myself about that because of my perfectionistic tendencies of like, oh, I want to, you know, it's going to sound like the record or, you know, a lot of times it, it, you got to kink this stuff out. You yes. know, and, and yes. some people are better at sitting with that, that feeling than I am, and I have to get better at that feeling or that sensation because we know how we want it to sound in our head, you yes. know, but there's that process of, you know, putting in the time and, and, and the reps. Yeah. You know, even Definitely. as a band. I mean, the guys that you play with in Bowling Green so many years ago, but, you know, you're gluing and gelling after just doing it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always sufficient enough to come off the street and do any one thing that I can do, and it'll be suitable. Yeah. But, you know, does it, does it kind of bother me that it's not up to my standard right off the bat? Sure, but it, it kind of sort of can't be. So if I'm answering your question, I would say keep your mouth shut, do the job, and hopefully if it's something that's a recurring situation, you start to kind of... Fill in the blanks more and, and, and get a get a flow. I heard I heard um, someone interviewed who had play, been playing with a band as a piano player, or organ player for like two years. He's like, yeah, we're now just getting a flow, and I'm saying after two years, and maybe that's what it takes, you know. So right? it, it's challenging to um, get everybody on the same. Frequency absolutely. You know? oh,
0: bands are miracles, yeah. really. Working bands are miracles Man. because it's a family, and the, the the dynamics between the people can change. Change, and, you know.
1: Or sometimes yeah. you, you feel like you, you're strong and rehearsing, and then you get there, and something's different. Something's slower. Something's faster. And you're just you're you're, mm-hmm. you're you got to just, of course, morph into what's happening. But yeah. it can be unsettling, you know. And and yeah. if you're hard on yourself like I am, it bothers me. But I'm trying to work. on that, <laughs> You know.
0: Well, um, you know, that seems to be also another aspect of being a good musician is that, you know, you do demand you have uh you know that you need to be a higher quality all yeah. the time. Yeah. If if you plateau, you you understand that, you start to get a little bit um jaded or cynical or yep. um I don't know what the word is, just disillusioned with it. Mm-hmm. I know I know I do. And so I have to just pull out something totally new to try. To uh, get myself to the next place, yeah, and be, yeah. be interested again, fall in love with it again. You
1: know, you know I, I always heard from somebody. I forgot who to told me about like a baby takes nine months to come out. You want it in five months, four months, you know, that's problems, right? I mean, that's too soon for the full formation of of the human being to be born. So I have to sit. We have to sit with the discomfort of the growth of things
0: mm-hmm.
1: until they're formed. Yes. Right? I mean, and it's painful. Yes. Because you know that it can be better. You know you can want it to be better. But it just takes that growth period, whatever that is. So yeah. listen, you know, and I had this conversation with Tom. I said, I'm not very good, actually. Though I'm taste testing things, I don't like hacking away at one thing every night and kind of sort of just hanging, you know. I would love to, to bring it into where... I was focused on one or two things specifically. One thing. Because that's how you get really sharp and really, 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 really good. But as a working piano player, you're gigging with a jazz band today and a blues band tomorrow. and right. And, and, right, you know, that requires... People don't realize what that requires. They don't understand, you yes. know. Yes. And we're not curing cancer, but it, it's, 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 it's challenging.
0: Yeah. yeah. You
1: know, your feels have to be there. Your reading or, or your ears have to be there. Yeah. Your technique, your time... Your personality, your yes. gear,
0: <laughs> even your clothing. Sometimes your clothing. I mean, you know, it's just challenging. You know? Yes.
1: So I'm learning that, being kind of new to it in this town. Um, yeah. I'm much less uh, ruffled by that stuff in the writing, producing, because I've seen so many iterations of that, and, and I'm not, I'm not worried about the gear anymore, or how, how do I run this, or what's going to work. I, you know, you just, you just yeah. build a, you build.
0: A confidence, yeah. A base level confidence, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. So anybody listening who's a piano player saying, "Why are they talking about this?" It's like because it's it's that's only one part of it. You know, get as good as you can, and don't ever not put your time into the piano or right. or the ear training and all that. But then you get out there, and what are you going to use of everything that you know? You know, where's that's the taste factor. right Back to you know, well,
0: <laughs> Right. what what. The artistry part yeah. of this. Um, yeah. I always tell my students, you know, we're working on five skills, basically. We're working on technique, rhythm, note reading, um, music theory, understanding what you're doing, and then artistry. Yeah. You
1: know? And we're all, we're all, I don't really care what level you're at. You're, you know, you, we had mentioned Dave Lamina, because Rachel mentioned her, I think you said, you know, and he taught me. for a, You could be musically expressive at any level. You know, On some level, you have to be because you can't wait, like I did kind of when say, well, until I'm Bill Evans, I'm not going to do something. Well, yeah. why not use what's in front of you at the time yeah. and try to be artistically, artistically expressive then? That doesn't yes. mean you're not shooting for the moon to expand your vocab and expand your artistry to do bigger and better things. But yes. it's both. On one level, you have to be shooting for artistry and, and authenticity and all that here and now with what you have, all the while... Yes. Pushing and growing. Absolutely. So, yeah, I don't know. Just a lot there.
0: One of my favorite things Rachel said, too, in her podcast, she was the first podcast that I did. um, She said there is a gig. There's absolutely a gig for everyone. Absolutely. And I so agree with that. Um, So, I will just be, I mean, I can't wait to see what you're going to do. thanks. (laughs) Well, I... There's uh, no telling, really. Yeah. It sounds I mean, to me like it's going to just have to be something you really are interested in yeah. and you're just really in love with. And yeah,
1: I'm still, I'm still, I mean, I've been doing it for a long time and I'm still questioning where I should be. You know, again, you are who you are. It would be nicer to have less interests and abilities in so many areas where you say, well, I, I just am an engineer. I I'm, know I'm, that's all I can do, you know, because that kind of hems you in.
0: Yeah. But. Yeah.
1: I suspect... Uh,
0: it sounds like you would get bored, too. I mean, I just... Well,
1: yeah, place. there's that, too.
0: <laughs> right. There's that, too. Yeah. And,
1: and, and people like to work with me because I'm fast. You know, I learn things pretty quickly. That um, you are. With and, the Pro
0: Tools? My goodness, yes. And
1: even learning songs and stuff. I mean, because of all the all the practice I did in L.A. and all the time I sat and learned and, and when one was looking and all that kind of solo endeavor practice, like the card tricks and all that. That's okay. where... Not mad my, my, no pun intended. That's where my magic is, is that I will beat the thing down until it becomes <laughs> until I become uh, confident with it, you know um, yeah. but so, so to that point, when I'm asked to do something different every day and I'm just kind of sort of hacking at things that that's hard on my personality, you know.
0: Yeah. But yeah,
1: in this business, you kind of have to be, you know willing to jump. You know, from thing to thing.
0: So true. So, versatility is, um, I think, will keep you uh, buying groceries, yeah, and paying rent mm-hmm. in a lot of cases. Yeah, and it's fun.
1: It is fun. <laughs> yeah. If, if, without all the overthinking, I do, I'm, I've met so many great people in both cities. Yeah. And Nashville's an amazing town. Um,
0: well, I'm really glad you're here. Yeah,
1: thanks. And, I, and it happened kind of quick since I've been here, and um, you know who knows you know because in this business again today there's not one thing anymore necessarily that's such a slam dunk unless you're like scoring Hollywood films or, or you know you are writing for uh, who can I think of right now you know some huge pop Taylor Swift or something Lady
0: Gaga yeah
1: I mean those are so those are always difficult to get to mm-hmm. and they're more difficult to get to now in a way yeah, um, so and the you pie is—you can make a lot of money, certainly—but the the pie has gotten smaller for all the people who are going after all that. So that's why you see, right. you know, six or seven writers on a song, right? You know, because they're all vying to eat off that one hit. Right. Um, so I would say, stay flexible. Definitely, always in the background when you have time, work on these skills. I, I think the way that you know computers are so easy now and somewhat affordable everybody should have basic recording skills it's not like you have to align a tape machine or set up microphones (laughs) or record a 52 piece orchestra you know uh, i have tom doing that now tom you know for his lessons wants to film himself and he's got pro tools and he's pretty good at it but add it to your arsenal of things you can do
0: very wise Uh, advice you
1: know and as a piano player, I don't know, practice them all 12 keys. <laughs> I, used
0: the,
1: I used the transpose button once on a gig recently, and I felt like so bad about myself.
0: You know, I, I did, went,
1: oh, man, I you're, did, you're a failure.
0: <laughs> I did that for a guy that was singing. Um, I want to think, um, what was the name of that tune? Um, anchored... Um, Oh, it's it's a really hard gospel tune with a lot of changes really well, I did, I, I did extensive it on the gospel changes. song yeah
1: they, it's in yeah. g which I learned they wanted in B and I went
0: yeah oh. he, well he just started singing and I was like oh no oh yeah and but then I forgot to put it back you know that's the that's thing.
1: the thing you got to know it's on yeah you have yeah. to be
0: able to flip that thing yeah back off, I know and I'll forget everything right, and
1: it's so funny so I you know
0: it also throws me for a loop now because we're having relative pitch. I feel like my hands I just have this out-of-body right. sensation. You're right. Am like, I playing in the right
1: key I'm what? hearing? What? In the, you right. know, this doesn't sound, sound right. right. I know. After you hear a song in one key, it's just in your soul, and you go, this is like odd," you know. Yes. Um, and I, I stress to any, any – any, try to learn theory. I'm sorry. I know it sounds clinical and scary, but it mm-hmm. just opens the world for you oh, yeah, when you I get do. older and you agree. see the benefit of that, you know. Read all the music you can want, and and and, and play that stuff. And I guess ultimately what you're going for. But if you're not trying to just be a performer who is interpreting these great classical works, and and um, you know has has to be so proficient and high level, yeah. learn theory,
0: yeah, and
1: learn what's going on with your ears, yeah, not just your eyes.
0: Yeah, there's great apps out there for that too. Now
1: there's so many ways.
0: MusicTheory.net is has a lot of free stuff yeah. for that. Um, you
1: know. It, you get in a situation where you're in a bind in a songwriting session, I can get us out of any bind harmonically we need to. If we want to get to a bridge or a key change or something, I'm not going to – I'm not yeah. – uh, yeah. so what? I mean, I'm not getting a medal for it, but it, <laughs> it, 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 it's just another skill to have when I'm we sorry. have to go somewhere or a song has to elevate or you want to trick the ear for a second or you want to do something different Yeah. Then you know – every pop song in the last 10 years you know
0: can we try something else <laughs> right. we
1: don't have to exactly go symphonic or movie you know I, sometimes I would write in LA and be like you know you'd be, you'd be better at film scoring I was like well yeah I'm trying to add you know add some 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 flavor there so I don't know I, I, I straddle all these worlds and yeah. they all inspire me and turn me on in different ways yes. and, and I'm making fun of that but that's so what also I mean that's, that's a great progression it works and it sells a gazillion hits and you know the, the, Tons of songs can be sung over that. Sure, it's fine. But if you want a little more from yourself, and you want the control and the colorization that you can kind of, yeah. you know, use, then work on your ears and work on your theory, um, and and try to get that stuff in your in your mind and your body and your spirit, in your ear, all that stuff. I would say.
0: So, yes, yeah. I totally agree, and yeah. and appreciate you pushing that to my students who may be listening to this. Of course, you know, pros may be listening too. I don't know. But um, I'm always thinking about them and trying to find ways to make um, um, to, to make it easier for them to become musicians if that's what they want, if they choose to do that later on in life. You know?
1: Well, can I ask you a question? Sure. So if you were, well, not if you were, you are a teacher. What, what is the one thing you want your students, if there's one thing, to walk away from, from lessons with you um, at any level. Is that is that answerable?
0: Sure. Confidence mm-hmm. that they can conquer any uh, obstacle that is there. That they, that there is a, there's an answer, there's a solution, and they can find it. If I don't have the answer, they can find it. And that it's, it's doable, even if it has to be done in small steps. Yeah. Uh, but that... They can, they're can. they not defeated by any challenge. I can
1: speak to that. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. scary some of this stuff to not, you know, hey, learn this. Oh, oh God. You know, sometimes it does take time and chipping it away bar yeah. by bar.
0: Yeah, it can take years. Yeah. It, course course it take can take years. It has
1: for both of us. <laughs> and so. you have
0: to um, know, I mean, the journey has to be worthwhile, obviously. You right. don't want to be just throwing yourself right. there. Listen, against-
1: I would love nothing more to walk in and just have every song ever memorized and every key and just be. A- and that would be nice. But. At some level, you hit a wall somewhere else and go, oh, God, I have to go bar by bar, beat by beat here. Yeah. Um, there's no escaping that. Yeah. So it's getting comfortable with that process, which is hard. Hard to do as a young person. It hard is. to do as a current person. And yeah. App, you know, iPhone generation and yeah. the app generation and the, the the we need it right now. It's Right. It's tough, you know.
0: My teacher at Belmont, he was awesome. He's the best PM teacher I ever worked with in my life and met him in my 40s. And he said, you know, every single classical piece, he, I mean, he comes from the classical approach, but he said, every piece has some part in it that will be a big challenge <laughs> yeah, to you. Well, and it might be one measure. Sure. It might be ten measures, yeah. you know, and you have to figure out the way that you're going to get around that yeah. or or take it on and, and conquer it. And so you may feel like, you know, oh my gosh, I, I've got everything else but this. So I'm just going to give up. Yeah. And, you know, that's just not the thing to do. The thing to do is to, to just... Jump into these things that are the big challenges and figure out how you're gonna, right? You know, manage them, and it affects all areas of your life. It helps you in so many ways. That's why music is such a great thing to do for yourself. Yeah, it's it's just um, it's a. You great know, I, I also
1: I also think that we get caught up in well, we'll learn this one thing and then we'll it'll we know it and it's good. And the truth is, there's no end result. There's no arrival. Right. There's no arrival. Right. It's like in life, it, okay, so I got the new job or I married the woman or made the million dollars. Well, it's, there's something else, you know? It's just one foot in front of the other and trying to do the best you can and all these things. So it's, you know, I don't always take my advice or I didn't in the past, but <laughs> I'm old enough now and wise enough to know that there's no other way. There's no shortcut, really, you know? Yeah. And you have to, you know, suck sometimes to get good.
0: Yes. yes. And embarrass
1: yourself and, 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 I'm doing that here a little bit, you know? Yeah. So Me it's not too. like Latin jazz is the thing in my... I love it, but it's not like i spent all my years doing it. So I'm trying to hang with these guys and yeah. eke it out, you know?
0: That's awesome. I'm going to have to come here, you guys.
1: Yeah, well, we, we, have to, we have to get another gig on the books because it was in the last year. But okay. it was so much... Great players. Great well, players. Would, I'm, I'm like, gosh, just lucky to be on stage with them. Yeah, yeah. that's so
0: great. So. Um I will post on the website page all your information if you want to give uh, ways for people to yeah Instagram you or is um, get in contact with uh, you or? Brett
1: Garrison Epstein is Instagram Website's brettepstein.com. com it's under construction but there's an email on there okay uh, Facebook is Brett Epstein uh, I'm not using it that much but um I'm on Jam Card Are you on Jam Card no, no I'm not Brett Epstein that's a Hmm. Kind of an industry thing. Um, I don't know
0: about that. I'll have to check that out. Yeah,
1: and um, anybody can find me. However, okay, yeah, you
0: know, I think of several of my students who might like to contact you and talk to you about um, recording lessons. Sure, yeah. I know of one in particular. Great. Well, any
1: any students that are listening that that um, may not care about the classical repertoire or or maybe know that but want to get into more jazz, pop, harmony, yeah, uh, blues stuff that you know is a little bit more. Um, you know, day in day out stuff, more useful possibly stuff. I yeah. love teaching that stuff as well, and I'm I'm, right. I'm very good at that. Um, and anybody out there who's you know looking for theme songs and underscores and songwriting and yeah,
0: jingles, do you do j- j-
1: absolutely yeah, okay. That's all that stuff. And I and um, I have samples on the site which is down, but I can always email people stuff and links to stuff. So
0: okay,
1: whoever's listening, uh, I'm around.
0: So great. Welcome to Tennessee. Thank you, Amy. So glad you're here. And I've really enjoyed this conversation. Me too. So So, thank you so much for being here. Good luck with the podcast and hopefully you you got
1: other great people. Oh
0: my goodness. It's just um it's I'm realizing so much what a learning opportunity is for me. And just to get to talk, you know. Geek out. Yeah. It's awesome. (laughs) So um, before you go, would you like to play something? Sure.
1: Thank you so much.